We're live. You know, it's almost like I can hear the music in the back of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Retail Done Right. I'm Christine Gonzalez-Wurtz. And I'm Jeff Fisher. What's a natural extension to the platform Amazon has built that we discussed in detail during Episode 3? Healthcare. Why? It serves Amazon and their network of employees for sure, while also being another service they could offer to their broader network of marketplace members and business partners and possibly directly to their incredibly large customer base. And it seems a natural industry for the ultimate disruptor to disrupt. Amen. In March 2021, Amazon Care, we know about Amazon Care, we'll talk about them in a second, helped found a lobbying group called Moving Health Home, along with other healthcare companies that included a home health company, Landmark Health, whose founder, Adam Bowler, ran Medicaid and Medicare under President Trump. The coalition, and this I quote, has encouraged Congress to extend waivers approved during the coronavirus pandemic that loosened federal regulations around home health care. The group's ultimate goal was to make those waivers permanent. That quote was from Washington Post on Amazon Health's intentions so that we can understand where they're headed. More health care benefits at home probably benefits the people who deliver to home more than anyone else, except maybe, and it's a maybe, the U.S. Postal Service. With populations that are aging and greater understanding and maybe adoption of telehealth services and more technical architecture and infrastructure designed to support home-delivered healthcare, why wouldn't Amazon play here? Exactly. I know it sounds flippant, but it's not. Just think about it for a second. Alexa, help. I've fallen and I can't get up. Today on Retail Done Right, a new Alexa command. No, (laughs) just kidding. She's actually responding in the background here. (laughs) Today, we conclude our short series focused on Amazon. Part three, Amazon in the future of healthcare. A little history, because I can't resist. In 2018, Amazon Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan Chase formed a joint venture called Haven with the express purpose to lower healthcare costs and provide better outcomes. It was shuttered in 2021, just four years later. Then there's Amazon Care, their virtual healthcare offering that they started piloting in 2019 and will be shut down by the end of the year. The reason Amazon gave was that it wasn't a complete enough offering. And of course, Amazon entered into agreement just in July of this year to acquire one medical. So they've certainly been playing. There's a bunch of acquisition strategy here and executive alignment that they've been working through to see what they might be able to do in this space. Yes, we've stated more than once on this podcast about the importance of retail to our economy and our daily lives. It's an underappreciated industry that's reach is magnificent, bringing a retail sensibility to other industries, including healthcare, only makes sense. One industry that could use this retail love and attention is our topic. 
And with Amazon's scale, reach, and platform, as we've discussed, it seems a natural industry for Amazon to take on. Like I said, for the ultimate disruptor to disrupt. The customer channel is just as relevant for the healthcare industry as it is for retail. This type of approach is overdue. Customer centricity, organizational efficiencies, operational efficiencies, innovations in products, experiences, services. Let's put the patient, the consumer, the end user, the customer first. Yeah, imagine that thought of putting the patient first. I want to make a distinction here. Walmart and Target have been in this space for a long time, but Sears and JCPenney were here with optical in-store decades before anyone else. The recent move to let hearing assistants, oral care, A-U-R-A-L, go OTC over the counter soon, will also continue to reshape a category of service that for most Americans is beyond broken, vastly too expensive, and not done well. This move allows the person who wants it or needs to receive the service to be in charge of decisions and or the experience. That's something that has not happened. While health plans have said that they have improved flexibility, that was not about improved experience. It was about shifting expense. So seriously, CVS, Target, Walmart, Amazon, these are all companies to which consumers are far, far more favorably disposed than some of the other people on the healthcare side of the system in general. I say, let them have at it. And if it improves their profitability, extends hours, and shifts the service continuum to people who often have a hard time getting it, especially retail employees, then heck yes. And heck was a modified word choice. (laughs) I don't know why, but the government seems to want to allow retail to participate rather than to take on drug companies and insurers themselves. But then pharmacy has become a retail staple. And I know that, you know, for instance, my sister buys her prescriptions at her local Weiss store to get gas points in a system with so few positive experiences for customers. Retailers have a really good shot at delivering a significantly better experience than others. Whew, glad I got that off my chest. Let me build on that by quoting Scott Galloway from one of his recent essays titled Prime Health. Christine, we weren't nearly as creative as him with our podcast title, were we? (laughs) Nope. I quote, beyond spotty efficacy, healthcare offers the second worst retail experience in the country. Gas stations retain the number one spot. Imagine walking into a Best Buy to purchase a TV and a blue shirt associate requests you fill out the same 14 pages of paperwork you filled out yesterday. Then you wait in a crowded room until they call you. 20 minutes after the scheduled appointment, you are asked to arrive early for. To be seen by the one person in the store who can talk to you about televisions, who has only 10 minutes for you. New York is the wealthiest city in America, yet the average waiting time in an emergency room is six hours and 10 minutes. That's just painful. It's just painful. In the past year, I know people who have waited between 16 and 22 hours. Oh, my. Not a representative sample, but more and more people are being directed to emergency services as a means to primary health care. But that's got nothing on my real point, And you know I'm going here to personal bankruptcies caused by health care issues. 
very frequently people who are in lower wage positions cannot get good health plans, have no means of saving for large procedures, have challenges that just cause them to tip over the edge. CNBC reported that two-thirds of people who file for bankruptcy cite medical issues as a key contributor to their financial downfall. Just think about that for a second. Shocking. If, in fact, we can get care in stores, then maybe we can get care to people who need it more. We aren't painting a very good picture of the healthcare industry here. Clearly, there are significant and dramatic cost savings and efficiency opportunities for a company like Amazon that has over 1 million employees themselves. There's also a huge opportunity to improve the experience for the end user, exactly what you're describing. That person, they're afraid to call a customer. The best quote I've seen is from Christina Farr, an investor in healthcare with Omer's Ventures. Quote, they want to nail the customer experience. I think Amazon can do it. So do I. Well, Amazon has taken on medication competing with the likes of Express Scripts, who was bought by Cigna in 2017. How would it counter the footprint and services reach, for instance, a CBS, for instance, who, like Cigna Health, provides risk assessments and diagnostics? Does it make sense for Amazon to go after the supply chain side, something like a Baxter, or manage other services and delivery, including, but not limited to, providing the infrastructure for data around AI in particular and diagnostic management? Yes. Amazon has a prescription offering that was the result of their acquisition of PillPack in 2018. They also have the delivery infrastructure I see One Medical bringing a bit of scale and infrastructure already established. One Medical has over 800,000 customers or subscribers and almost 200 locations. Focus on virtual services, leverage One Medical's current reach and Amazon's prescription and delivery infrastructure, and this starts to make sense. What am I missing? I answer with this quote from Forbes. If Amazon can capture even 10% of the U.S. healthcare market the company would add $400 billion a year in revenue, nearly doubling its annual top line. And if you recall my point from the last episode where I said half a trillion dollars, people, here's the other half. (laughs) And just to back that up, I'm going to continue with that Forbes article. One Medical's unique membership model has the potential to attract not only millions of new patients, but thousands of excellent physicians. And that's the flip side of this. Many of whom are dissatisfied with the treadmill pace of medicine. Currently, most primary care docs have to have 2,500 patients to earn about $220,000, the average income. But with one medical's $200 a year membership fee, a physician who cares for only 1,500 patients earns $300,000 before seeing a single patient. This means one medical physician can spend significantly more time with each patient, which is shown to improve care. So what else is there to say here? There's, of course, still the insurance issues. Sure, but more time generally means more thorough and thoughtful interactions. Plus, just think about what a solid AI application on top of good diagnostic questions 
and that incremental time with a patient can do. It sounds like a bit of a trifecta to me. It does. I agree with you. But there's fierce competition here as well. It's been reported that CVS is considering buying healthcare provider Kano Health, which has a primary care centers in eight states. CVS recently closed on their acquisition of Signify Health, which has a network of 10,000 clinicians who make home visits both virtually and in real life across all 50 states. Let's not forget CVS's acquisition of Aetna in 2017. Walmart recently signed a 10-year agreement with the world's largest health insurer, United Health Group. I love this quote from Robert Pearl, MD, in his recent Forbes article, quote, the skepticism is understandable, but these negative analysis ignore the credentials of the companies in question. After all, you don't become the largest pharmacy company, CVS, the largest online retailer, Amazon, largest health insurer, UHG, or largest company, period, Walmart, by chance or luck. On the prescription side, Mark Cuban launched an online pharmacy called Creatively, Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company, focused on generic drugs, eliminates the middleman, also known as the pharmacy benefit managers. He's buying direct from manufacturers today, but intends to become a manufacturer. And he sells the drugs at manufacturer prices, plus a flat 15% margin, plus $3 pharmacy fee. Go and check out the prices. They are shocking in comparison to the consumer prices and the insurance prices. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I could go on. It's a race to innovate, which is exactly what should be happening to win, to dominate. It's about economies of scale. I'm encouraged though with retailers playing big here, especially Amazon. Why? They're focused on the customer. We do call it the customer channel. We do for a reason. There are lots of articles about the risks here, mostly relating to data and privacy. And we did take Amazon to task on data and privacy in the last podcast. These are real and they need to be taken seriously. According to a Washington Post Char School poll, Amazon is in fact the most respected tech company and that's a start. And skepticism exists as well. Libby Watson wrote a thorough opinion essay in the Times, and I quote, there is no technological miracle waiting around the corner that will solve problems caused by decades of neglectful policy decisions and rampant fraud. And a fix aimed at just the upper crust of employee-sponsored healthcare coverage has no hope of making healthcare more accessible to those who are truly being left behind. And as I said, that's from the New York Times. But I, again, am going to make a teensy exception here. The average Amazon distribution warehouse employs thousands. Having even one practitioner on site a few days a week might make all the difference in beginning to catch and control chronic illnesses. The same is true of a Walmart, okay? The beauty of these is that they are predominantly served by transportation alternatives to allow employees to get there. The ability to put people in better proximity of care does a lot of good things. 
Jeff, I think we have to get off Amazon as a topic. I, I've said far too many nice things about them in the past month. <laughs> I take you at your word. And we did say up front, this was a short series. So let's conclude. A couple parting thoughts, though. Many people look at Amazon and say retailer. But is that truly what they are now? From our perspective, certainly not the case. And why did we take three episodes to discuss Amazon? Well, stating the obvious, their scale and influence in our shopping lives is enormous. The principles of retail are so fundamental and transferable to many industries as well. And they're proving that. And Amazon is a remarkable company with remarkable scale. And with that scale, growth can be challenging. The flip side of that is the need to keep costs under control or better to reduce costs. And where can you find an opportunity that can deliver value on both sides of this coin? Healthcare is one of them, of course. So I'll end it by saying we'll keep watching Amazon. You betcha buttons we will. Jeff, it is time to reveal our heroes and changemakers. Yes. And I love this segment. I do too. So my selection is Karen S. Lynch, the CEO of CVS. Excellent. I think a great deal of this woman. Lynch was selected for the inaugural 2021 Forbes 50 over 50, a list of female entrepreneurs, leaders, scientists, and creators. She has won many other awards, but more than anything, I think she is turning CVS into a healthcare pioneer, continuing on where they had started. So you talked a little bit about the fact that they are actually looking at moving into healthcare house calls, which I think is absolutely critical to being able to serve populations in neighborhoods where there is not just limited mobility, seniors or aging or other challenges that will allow a significant increase in service. The other thing she's doing is she's bringing a much deeper focus on the customer experience. It's not just more services that she's putting in the stores. It is not just turning each store into a little mini clinic and being able to become anchors for their communities. It's that I think that she's doing so at the same time she is trying to reshape the customer experience at CVS. If they can really build on that sense of community, I think that they could really differentiate themselves in the marketplace. Good choice. Yeah, I think so too. My selection may be a bit too obvious, but I'm going to go there. Andy Jassy, CEO of Amazon. Ah! I couldn't resist. I know, I know. I'm intrigued though with this healthcare move. It's not all Andy, of course, but I think his boldness and willingness to acquire or cut as needed is smart. Bottom line, I see an upside for the customer here. Yes, me too. This is Retail Done Right. Thank you for joining our conversation. Retail Done Right is produced by your hosts, Christine Gonzalez-Wertz and me, Jeff Fisher. Michael Cook via Upwork is our brilliant sound engineer and editor, and J.D. Sirwad composed our theme music. Please subscribe via your favorite podcast platform and share your comments, which we value. 
This is the best way for us to hear directly from you. And it also helps us reach a broader audience. Please follow us on Instagram at Retail Done Right and at our website, retaildoneright.net. Please connect with Jeff and me on LinkedIn. We love hearing from you. And Jeff, I have to go get my booster shot at CVS on the way. But after that, let's go shopping. Let's go. 